This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday, everyone, and thank you for joining us for the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, founder of singleinthecity.ca, joined tonight by my lovely co-host and friend, philanthropist and media personality, Joan Kelly Walker. Hello, beautiful lady. How are you? I'm great. I miss you so much. It seems like it's been forever. So much, but we're going to see each other soon. So I'm so excited for that. Um, And you may relate to today's show uh, probably a little bit more than myself because I'm not a mom. Now, being a parent isn't always easy. So how do you deal with when things get tough? Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, we are so happy to be joined by someone who is here to help you work through these difficult situations. Florence Ann Romano is an author, philanthropist, and child care and village advocate with over 15 years of experience as a child care provider. Uh, she's also the co-host of the podcast Finger Painting the Future and dives deeper into child care challenges on her YouTube series, Windy City Nanny. Well, thank you for being here with us tonight, Florence Ann. Oh, thanks for having me, Laura. This is great. I already feel like I'm just like having cocktails with some girlfriends. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. We love guests like that, don't we, Joan? Yeah. We do. <laughs> uh, tonight, we're going to be discussing something that I'm sure many of you are all too familiar with. That's mom rage. Now, I've never really experienced having mom rage because I'm not a mom, but, but you know, I've experienced mom rage coming from my mom, I think. <laughs> so I'm really excited for this conversation. <laughs> Joe may able to be, may be able to relate to this a little bit more myself. Um, so let's see where this conversation takes us. Uh, to, get, to get started, can you give us some insight into what mom rage is? Well, it's funny. And, and Joan, you as a mom, you probably are sitting there thinking of your own definition for probably what this is. But, you know, what I hear from moms a lot of the time is I just reach that breaking point where I just let it all go. And that breaking point for moms and really anyone in general, that's always going to be defined differently depending on the circumstances of the situation. But moms, you know, they have disproportionate responsibilities compared to their partners often. And you look at the life that a mom is leading on a daily basis. There's clutter, there's mess, there's, you know, lack of uh, socialization sometimes, those high levels of anxiety and stress and everyone's whining and everyone's fussy and I have no time to myself and everyone's touching me and I haven't slept in 10 years. And so, you know, it's just all of that building up. And the reason that rage kind of comes out is because I think oftentimes we don't release as we go, uh, as we start to feel certain things, we let it build up. So that's really what the mom rage is. Mm, wow. Okay. So, so would you say that a lot of people would say, like, is it anger towards the kids or is it you're just angry in general, sort of for having a lack of support? Well, I think it's never about the one thing that maybe is presenting in that moment, right, Joan? It's never about, usually in life, right? It's never about the thing that sets us off. It's usually a lot of stuff like a complicated underbelly of stuff. And it's not that you're mad at the kids and they're so, you know, they're misbehaved and they're not doing what I say. And maybe that's part of the equation, but it's more the idea of how do we as women make sure that we're checking in with ourselves and taking care of ourselves so we can continue to take care of everybody else. And I think that 
oftentimes moms, it, you know, everybody else's mood depends on your, you know, depends on your mood, you know, and it's, and, and that's not fair either that you get to carry everybody else's stuff. And you're like, well, what about mine? Who, who's going to help me carry my stuff? And so this idea of support zone, yeah, that's definitely something that's needed, but the, but support looks different to every person. Not everyone is going to, for lack of a better term, you know, have that same love language. It's the same type of support language. So you have to really be able to identify what is it that I need or want and how often, you know, do I need to be able to do these things that are going to fulfill me or kind of release that pressure something that keeps you feeling like you can survive another day that is sustainable. What are some hmm. of the steps, Florence, um, and that uh, we can take to acknowledge and deal with the emotions that come up? Well, acknowledging that our feelings are real without the guilt and shame that you could possibly attach to it is, is first and foremost, because feelings are never wrong. You like to say, you know, it's always okay to have your feelings, but it's the reaction. That's what oftentimes is wrong about what, when we feel something and then we react, the reaction maybe is less than, than perfect or not our finest hour perhaps. And so figuring out you know, why we're feeling the way we're feeling is important. And knowing that it's neither good or bad, but how we're going to handle those feelings that is important. And also knowing that how we model our feelings is something our children are watching, you know, you know, and I laugh because I think in this world today with social media and just everything, I think it's very easy to be one person behind the computer, behind the tablet and another person in real life. And as children start to participate in social media too, they're watching you and how you conduct yourself perhaps on social media or how you talk to your friends, how you talk to your family. We're not always going to do this perfectly. You know, of course, we're not always going to do the, the, the best and right thing. We are human and we mess up and it's okay for our children to see that. But understanding where our feelings come from, identifying it, and then making sure also that when we do express our feelings, that we are doing it in a healthy way for ourselves, but also because we're modeling that behavior for our little kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think it's not how we fall. It's how we recover. Mm -hmm. And I think kids are very understanding when it comes to saying, you know what, I kind of messed up. I'm really sorry that I, I snapped at you or I said that in a certain way. You didn't deserve that. Uh, for me, like when I had those moments where you reach that breaking point, the worst part of that for me was guilt that I felt mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was like, I always had to balance. Like if I do this, then I'm going to feel that guilt, right. which right. was just not worth it. So I really mm -hmm. set in a big bunch of checks and measures that I could kind of follow before I got to that point of, you know, reaching the breaking point. So for me, it's like the guilt just was never worth it. And then it's, it's the recovery of how you explain why you're feeling guilty and what happened and why you had that moment of breaking point. So for me, it's, uh, it was all about avoiding guilt. I don't know if other people feel that way or not. I, I love that perspective, you know, because you've, you've been a mom long enough to know, and we've, you know, I, I navigated our adults, adult lights, lives long enough to know that we understand the, 
the consequences of actions, of the consequences of words. And we know what it feels like to be on the receiving end of something kind of icky. Um, and we know when we're proud of our behavior and when we're not. And I like the idea that that's your measuring stick, Joan, is you're, one, you're saying, I don't want to deal with what I know is inevitable if I behave that way or act that way. So you try to, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? For, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, and I, I love that. I think that that's, you're, you're doing a great job of explaining exactly what it is that we're talking about here is what are those checkpoints leading up to that kind of explosive moment that help us try to release as we go, help us try to get our bearings a bit more and be proud of our behavior. And another point that you made that's really important is what we're modeling for our children and not only just our behavior, but also what you just said about apologizing to your children for the way you reacted to something, but then also seeing your children give those words back to you one day where they're able to say, you know, mom or dad or whomever it is that they're interacting with when they are at fault or when they do something um, that they're not proud of, that they're able to apologize that is, it sounds like such a small thing, but it's so important that we are constantly honing that skill of being able to apologize. But the caveat to that, and not to go down a rabbit hole, but when we teach our children about apologies when we mess up and that it's okay, we're all gonna mess up. But when you say, I'm sorry for something, you're making a promise that you're really gonna try not to do that thing again, whatever it is that you did that you have to apologize for, that you're going to try and not make that mistake again. And so there's, there's a lot of responsibility in apologizing too, and letting children see that parents and adults are not perfect is great. Um, but like you said, Joan, it's about teaching that lesson of how do you pick yourself back up? How do you go forward? How do you better yourself from that moment? Mm -hmm. And, and how about feelings of resentment, you know, towards our children and our partners? Because I've seen this way too often as well. And I've seen like parents treat one child differently than, than the rest, for example. Um, and maybe, maybe it was their behavior growing up, you know, regardless. Like, I mean, is this, is this normal to feel like, it, is it normal to feel resentment? I think the re resentment well, of course, I think resentment is a, is a very real and human feeling. Um, and you can feel resentment. Of course, I think that's a thing that no one wants to say. Can you feel resentment towards your children, Joan? And I would love to hear your thought on that. I, I think that no one wants to say that word out loud, perhaps attached to their children that you resent something. But that's also a very real emotion. I mean, that's one thing I think we've learned from what we see on social media today, that there's this authenticity that moms moms are allowing people to see themselves having real feelings about things maybe that they would feel ashamed to admit. Um, and so that's, that's, that's an important factor too about the resentment. And then the resentment also, Laura, goes back to your spouse or your partner, whomever it is that you're sharing your life with or raising children with. Maybe they're not supporting you the way that you need to be supported. And that breeds resentment too. You feel like it's all on you and you're doing everything. And not only am I doing everything, but where am I getting the emotional support that I need to continue being able to do it? So there's resentment in a lot of different ways. And, and I'd love to hear Joan's answer, but we need to take a quick break. After the break, we're going to be discussing strategies for coping with mom rage, but we're also going to continue our conversation on resentment towards your children. And we'll be right back.
listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Bellata with my co-host Joan Kelly Walker tonight and our special guest, village and child care advocate Florence Ann. We're getting back to our chat on coping with mom rage. Uh, Before the break, we were discussing resentment towards your children. I want to hear from Joan now. Yeah, well, you know, we were having a great conversation and there's so much that kind of led up to this topic, like responsibility and apologizing and people being ashamed to admit if they feel resentment. But you know what, we're all human. And, you know, I think it all changes over the ages of your children. So sometimes you're just so frustrated because, you know, there's a mess over here, there's like, and you're alone and you just feel like I have no one to talk to and no one to turn to. So I think it's really human. And I think we need to give ourselves a break if you're feeling that. But for me, as my kids got older, I I realized that it's just better to not go there. I tried to look instead of, okay, this was my choice. This was my dream. I love these children and just kind of, try like not psych myself out of it but really look at the big overall picture um and also if the resentment is being misguided like if it's resentment actually towards your partner because they're not chipping in enough or you're feeling all alone or your career has been put on hold then you know there's planning that you can do and it might not be overnight but maybe you can say okay I'll take a night course and I'll have to get a babysitter for, you know, two nights a week or like, I think you have to plan and you have to forward think. And then as soon as you kind of get that plan in motion, then your kids are kind of onto the next stage and it does get easier. I find anyway, like it just gets easier. And the other point that I think is really important is that, you know, kids are, are, intelligent and their understanding and they have emotional intelligence so for me I had to learn kind of a hard lesson to not just dismiss my kids like not just Mm -hmm. take them somewhere and expect them to just kind of settle in I realized Mm -hmm. that I had to include them in the plan making and it just made everything better because then they weren't frustrated and then I was more fulfilled because they were happier So that's kind of a long-winded answer, but I think, you know, resentment is, it's a human emotion, but we have to uh, kind of rise above it as best we can. So Florence Mm -hmm. and like, have you found that other people feel that way? Yes. I love this answer for so (laughs) many reasons, Joan. And the idea that you're talking about uh, the emotional intelligence of a child. You're right. I think we, it's very easy to write off a child just being like, they don't, they're not paying attention or they don't. Yeah. They they're don't six years on. old. What do they know? Yeah. But they do yeah, know exactly. what they want. Right. And exactly. Sometimes children teach adults, you know, you know what to, to do or how to, you know, deal with something. You can learn something from children, but dismissing children's feelings or that they're just kids. Um, is, is, is not appropriate and certainly isn't going to breed trust with the child as they grow up and they're trying to figure themselves out and trust and, and form relationships and form a relationship with you. And like you said about, you know, 
it gets easier as you go. I was just talking to one of my best girlfriends over the weekend and she was really, you know, letting it all loose with, you know, everyone that was around us kind of having a large conversation about how difficult this stage of life is for her right now with her children. And, um, you know, my mom looked at her and said, you know, it's not forever. Like, that's the thing that, you know, I think sometimes we have to repeat to ourselves. And I think that goes in, in a lot of different places in life too, Laura, you know, even without being a mom, you know, this too shall pass. That's a, it's a great saying for a reason that it, it's, you know, most things are temporary in life. Um, and the idea that, that going back to the resentment, um, it could be for that stage of life right now that you're in, because like you said, Joan, maybe you're not getting fulfillment where you need, like my friend is, up, is, is feeling resentment toward, uh, her husband, because she had to quit her job for a while, be, be home with the kids. And it's not going to be like this forever, but it is right now. And she's having a hard time dealing with it because she's not getting her fulfillment from what she really loved to do. And that was her job in addition to being a mom. Um, and that's also the secret thing. I think that some people don't say too, as you know, sometimes being a mom is not enough to fill up your heart, to fill up your tank. You love your children and you're so happy you have them and you wanted them, but that doesn't mean that that has to be your whole life, that there can be other things that make you happy too. And admitting that out loud can be very difficult and comes with guilt and shame, but that resentment side of it, that is also very real and can be coupled to those others and other emotions as well. Mm, I love all this ladies. Now, when it comes to mom rage, right? It can mm -hmm. be difficult to recognize and process the emotions that we experience in that moment. So what are some steps that we can take to acknowledge and then deal with those emotions that come up? Well, it's all about coping um, and how do we learn to cope? And, you know, we teach our children these skills too about, you know, be mindfulness and, you know, de-stressing and, you know, making sure you're checking in with your breathing, all of that. So pausing and taking a breath is, is important. It's easy to get up, caught up in those emotions and the moments and becoming overwhelmed with that, that feeling of rage. So just pausing and sometimes walking away from the situation is the best thing you can do. You know, you don't have to deal with everything in that exact moment. You can take a minute and walk away from the kids and say, you know, mom or dad, you know, I will be right back, you know, but I need a second because you're trying to stop yourself from saying something you maybe know you're going to regret. And so walking away and taking that pause is a, is a great reminder too for your children that they can do that as well when maybe they're not sure what to say or how to react just yet and take that time to collect themselves. Um, and it's funny, you know, you hear the old saying, you know, scream into a pillow. Can I tell you how many people tell me they actually do this? And I laugh because <laughs> you just think it's like, you think it's something someone's just like, you know, it's a saying. So you think they're just saying it and they're like, no, 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 I really do this. I go into my room, close the door and just scream into the pillow for a minute <laughs> and come back in. Um, and again, that's, that's a moment that you're walking away to. Um, and again, modeling that healthy behavior. I'm not saying your child watching you scream into a pillow is necessary. Um, you know, the moment that you want them to witness. Um, but it's, it's also about allowing them to see you figure out how to cycle through your feelings in a healthy way as well. And if you can say to your child, I just, mom just needs a minute to be able to collect my thoughts, or I want to have this conversation with you, but I want to do it when we're calm or let's go for a walk together. And even just that, 
maybe you're going to go for a walk. You're going to tell your spouse, I need 15 minutes to take a walk around the block when they get home from work or whatever it is. So you can have that time to decompress. Um, it's about figuring out what works for you. Yeah. And the only thing that I would add there is uh, one thing that really worked for me when the kids were really young was me asking them, why are you behaving this way? Like if there was something that was just very mm -hmm. frustrating to me, it was obvious that they were also in a frustrated state. So I had to kind of like, you know, clear the weeds so I could see, okay, what is the issue here? And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, being young, they really couldn't identify it. But if I took the lead and kind of asked some guided questions, I found that that really, really helped. And just a, a small story, and my son would probably kill me for talking about this, but he was really <laughs> young at the time. And he used to kind of sometimes get uh, a little bit of anxiety about things like going to a friend's house for a play date or going on a class trip at school. And I realized it was because it was just sort of scheduled. Okay, you're going over here. And he had questions for me. He listed like, mom, what if I get lost in their house? What if Aww. I can't find the mom? What if I get lost oh in the bathroom? Gosh. Like he had mm -hmm. valid questions. And I realized that I hadn't thought about that. Like it never occurred to me. So then right. once like the next school trip we went on, you know, we, we walked through every single step of it as best I could. And, you know, and the next one I, I went in the bus with him and he sat with me. And then the next one I went on the bus with him and he sat at the back and the next one, you know, he went in the bus and I drove the car and the next one I drove the car beside the bus, but he didn't know I was there. So we kind of did it in stages like that. And like he, he I think he really appreciated that because a lot of times we dismiss what they're trying to communicate with us, even though they have a hard time trying right. to find the language to tell us what it is, but you've got to know your child and read the signs and really listen with your heart. I think that's, you know, cause as a parent, you have that type of communication with your children. I absolutely love this. And I appreciate you telling that story. I mean, <laughs> I, it, it's true. You don't know what goes on in the mind of a child and what perhaps is causing the anxiety. And so the fact that you are saying, you know, ask those questions, it's almost similar to when something happens in, in, in our, in our world, you know, if it's a war, if it's, it's, it's something that's going on, that's, that's bigger than us and our children have to process all of that. And instead of talking at them about something that you actually ask them what it is that they know or how they feel, and then they start to fill in the blanks for you as you go. And you're like, okay, this is their understanding of the situation. This is what they've processed so far. This is what they, they still are questioning. And then it, that's a nice way to be able to kind of set up that conversation instead of, again, just talking at the situation and just giving your perspective or giving your, the information as you know it, it's figuring out what does my child know and how can I support them through the, their, their lens of it. So I love that, Joan. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Cause how would we feel as an adult if someone said, okay, you're doing this today, but you have right. no information. Like, right. Think about it. Right. It's, crazy. it's true. There's wow. no control there for, for children. They, they, you know, they definitely have a lack of control in many places in their life. Yeah. Well, and just as an aside, now that he's all grown up, he's like the most outgoing, 
easygoing person. It's it's really nice. Oh, well, yeah. because he has a great mom, a great mom that took yeah. the time to, you know, figure things out with him, you know, and that there's, that's a really important point too, is, you know, look at the type of mom you are, Joan, you know, that just giving your children that, that isolated attention and customizing things for each of them. You know, no child is alike. None of your children are going to be alike. So making sure that you're paying attention to what makes them unique and what makes them tick and what, how do they operate as their own, you know, beautiful little person, you know, you took the time to figure that out. So I, you know, whether or not he knows it now, um, I'm sure he will continue to appreciate that as he gets older that he had a mom that was so thoughtful. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure he knows it now. Joan is, a, Joan is a great mom. Uh, now, this this may be off topic, but it just kind of came to my head. Um, and I thought, like, I want to ask you about this. But what about moms that have resentment towards their daughters? And instead of supporting them, they compete with them, right? Where does this stem from? Because I've seen this oh. way too often. I'm not, and I feel sorry for those girls like that you have a mom that instead of supporting you she actually tries to compete with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean Joan uh, Joan I don't know if you were about to say something so I didn't want to cut you off there um I I have seen this as well Laura in my life even with one of my good friends I I watched that play out even as a woman in her late 30s is still dealing with this with her own mother my goodness Um, and, and I don't think it will really ever change. And generally there is a, uh, uh, an underlying sense of narcissism kind of there, I think in those relationships with, with the mom that's competing with, with the daughter. Um, but I have to say, I, I, I see it not just in moms and daughters. I, I see it with, you know, fathers and daughters as well. And fathers and sons, you know, there is that comp that competitive uh, streak there. And, you know, the, I think the, the final thing I'll say about that is you have to be a parent first. And that was always my message to my friends when they were going through that with their parent was you just want them to be a, that a mom first or a dad first and maybe swallow whatever it is they're feeling or th- those, 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 that sense of competition or whatever it is. And to put your, the child's feelings first, um, and I feel bad for those kids. And Joan, I mean, how, do you see that in your own circle yeah. of friends sometimes? You know, that my earlier comment was just like, ouch, this should not be happening. This and, is and, and on lady, every level. I want Joan to answer this, but we need to take a break. Um, so we'll be right back. Stay with us. We'll be discussing strategies for coping with mom rage um, when we come back. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on Sunday night. You're listening to AM 640. I'm Laura Bellotta with my co-host, Joan Kelly Walker, and our guest, Village and Child Care Advocate, Florence Ann. And uh, we're getting back to our chat now on coping with mom rage. Uh, Joan? Uh, before I think she asked you a question before the break if you'd like to answer it yeah so we were talking about parents competing with their children and did that happen in my circles and you know what maybe it's because 
I got married in my early 30s and then I kind of had my, you know, I guess that would be considered later in life. And I was that much more mature um, and I really wanted to have children. So I had accomplished things on my own. So for me, the competition was was just not there. So I really think it's a lack of maturity on the level of the parent when that's happening. I would never blame a child for that. And I just think that's wrong on every level for a parent to make their children feel like they're competing with them. If the child feels like that, you know, you're kind of setting the child up for struggle in their life. And the parent is clearly already struggling on their own. So, you know, if that is happening, I, I don't know what the solution is, but I think it's it's a lack of maturity and people have to face it and and really tackle it head on. Like I don't even know how to how to do that. I guess you'd have to go to a psychologist or a lot of there'd have to be a lot of communication. Florence Ann, what is your yeah. advice on that? I agree with you that I think turning to to counseling or therapy is a very good idea because I think that when it's your parents, when it's the mom or the dad that is behaving in that way with the child, it, it, that, it just stings that much more. It cuts that much more. In, in life, you know, we can always deal with people um, that perhaps make us feel inferior or we have a lack of self-esteem about things. But when a parent makes you feel that way, that is a very different kind of hurt. Um, and mm -hmm. I would suggest for any parent, any child that does go through that, that they are able to go to somewhere else and talk about it because the most important thing for them to know is it's nothing that they're doing that's wrong, that is causing the parent's reaction to be that. That is about the parent. But when you're a child, it's very hard for a child to understand why a parent is behaving the way they are. They are just the child who is thinking, I just want to please you. I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to, I don't want you not to love me. I don't want, and all of that, all those questions. A child as mature as they may be, is not going to be able to necessarily process why the behavior of the parent is what it is and why it's making them feel how it's making them feel. Um, and that's hard though, because, you know, a child's going to have to go to their parent and ask to talk to someone and who knows how that conversation is going to go with a parent that is competing with their child or doesn't want to admit to any flaws or is going to feel, uh, embarrassed that maybe they're doing something to affect the child in a negative way if they have that self-awareness. So it's a very complicated web. Um, but certainly if you're witnessing that behavior, that's also complicated because you can't necessarily get involved in other families' lives or other children's lives, even how, depending on how close you are to them. Um, but always being a safe place for a child, always being a place where someone can talk and feel like they can be honest and not judged. Um, that's a beautiful gift that you can give someone without feeling like you're overstepping. Mm -hmm. So, so Florence Ann, are you saying that, you know, kids can realize that there's other role models out there and seek them out like grandparents or aunties or uncles or, you know, close friends? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so that would be a good thing. Even for a parent, to kind of include that role model more in the child's life. Like that would be a positive step for a parent mm -hmm. to take. And that also depends on the, uh, the confidence that the parent has as well, because being in childcare as long as I, I was, you can see parents compete even with the nanny or the daycare provider mm -hmm. or an aunt or an uncle or someone like that, because they feel guilt about the time they spend away from their child or, 
they want their child to love them the most, whatever it is. But I grew up in a, in a big old fashioned Italian family. I had a big village of people and I was very close to my aunts, very close to my cousins. I always felt that there were places for me to go if I weren't going to go to my parents. So my mom grew up and always has been my best friend. Um, but I have cultivated a lot of really rich relationships in my village because um, your parents aren't expected to be the, the all and end all of everything. You know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's good for children to be able to go other places and and learn different perspectives of things and learn to trust another person and feel loved by another person, all of those things, like you're saying, John. So it is very important to encourage those relationships and not compete again with those people um, for your child's affection or love. Now I understand what you meant by having a village. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure what you meant by that. That's okay. the village. And, so, and it's not it, just for people with children. The village is there. Everyone deserves a village. It's not, you know, it takes, a, you know, a village to raise a child is the old adage. But, you know, I like to think of that everyone deserves a community. So like yourself, Laura, just because you don't have children doesn't mean you don't deserve a support system. And and, oh. and that's to be said for every single person. You just have to I find agree. what that village looks I like. I agree. Yep. I agree. I Listen, agree. I, I'm all about a support. Like, I, I don't think I... I could go through life without support. And that's why I think sometimes people don't have that support. They don't have that village. And that's why they react to certain situations like they do. And that's why it takes them so much longer to heal from certain situations, from breakups and so forth. And they don't see things clearly because like when I have an issue, I will call upon my friends and be like, what do you think of this? Right. And they help me through it where some people don't have that or their ego is so big that they just don't want to ask for help. So I I love Mm -hmm. that guys. I love that. So how do we, okay. So you've had an incident where you're raging. Okay. And how do you bring this up with your children afterwards? Like, how do you deal with the aftermath in a healthy way? I know apologizing, but what else can we do? It's just about a learning opportunity. It's being able to talk about, yes, you can apologize, but explanation is important too. About like what Joan, you were saying, you were asking your children why they were behaving a certain way, what was going on. Well, you owe the same explanation then too, um, to be able to say, this is why mom reacted like this. This is why dad did this. This is what, so that's going, again, going back to us identifying the reasons why we blow up about something, because that's going to be part of the explanation later when you're able to actually reflect and say, okay, now I understand why this triggered me and being able to use that, not as an excuse, but as part, again, as the explanation as to why it happened, whether you're explaining that to yourself, explaining it to your child as part of an apology, whatever it is. um, I think that conversation is important. And also uh, just before the break, I think being real about it and being actually Mm -hmm. truthful about it. not some glossed over version that you're giving to a kid because he's a kid. I think you have to really look at the situation and be honest with with them. Ladies, we have to take one last quick break. And after the break, more on handling the stress and moving forward.
from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Velada with Joan Kelly Walker and our special guest, Village and Child Care Advocate, Florence Ann. Getting back to our chat about creating healthier routines to help you deal with mom rage. Right. So, you know, Florence and I wanted to ask you, you know, when I was raising my kids when they were very young, I really found that kids flourish in routines. But routines sometimes are hard to maintain because there's a lot of moving parts. You might have a nanny, you might have not. You might have to go away on a trip, maybe not. Um, and their activities change, their schedule changes. So what's the best way to adapt those routines just to make sure that your kids are really settled? Well, it always is going to change, like you said, depending if it's summer break or, you know, what's going on, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And if your parents are, tra- the parents are traveling, like you said. Um, so the, con- the things that you can control in life, there's always the things you can control and the things you can't. The things you can control, you try to make sure those are more consistent. If perhaps, you know, having a family dinner X amount of times per week is part of the consistency, I think that's great. It's a great time to sit down with your kids and talk to them about what they know, how they're feeling, what's going going on at school, what's going on in their personal lives. Maybe that's something that can be part of the routine. And just because the word is routine, it doesn't mean it's done every single day. And I think that parents need to give themselves some grace there, that there has to be some flexibility there. Maybe it's a few times a week and not every single day. But to flip the script a little bit too, this is to be said for for moms, especially as we deal with this mom rage topic, that the idea of having some sort of time that, you know, during the day starts and ends with yourself. Um, That's really important in order to continue to, like I always say, survive another day as you go through these things, you know, taking a few minutes in the morning or evening for yourself can make a big difference. And I know one of my girlfriends, she gets up a half hour earlier than everyone else because she wants to be able to journal. She goes by herself with her cup of coffee and does that. And she said she feels the difference if she does not do that um, on a weekly basis for herself, feels her difference as a parent and just as a friend, all of it. So anything that gives you time to yourself without interruption, maybe that means when you're in the car, you know, schlepping the kids here, there and everywhere, you've got 10 minutes in the car and you're going to call your girlfriend and you're going to say, hey, I do not need any advice. I don't need anything, but I just need to just let it all out for 10 minutes. I'm just going to let it and give it to you. And that's it. And you feel like you released it and you feel like you did something that day that was just not baby talk. It was real talk. It was with your friend and you got to tap into your heart there. So it's, mm. it's just about figuring out what works for you and not putting the pressure on yourself to feel yeah. like it has to happen every single day at this exact same time. And a lot of people feel like, okay, I have to be the perfect mom. I have to do everything perfectly. You got to let that go. One thing that really worked for me was that I always kept my finger somehow in my work on a freelance basis so that I could say no, if something came up uh, and it was no big commitment, but it, it gave me something to fulfill myself because I love what I do. So, you know, I found just carving that little piece of me time, however it looked, uh, gave me so much more strength and energy to be the best, best mom that I could be. And that is the, the best words of wisdom there is, it, you know, self-care is not selfish. I think that's my, my message. Oh, I love that. that. And, it, and it can be very difficult to live that. And you can certainly feel certain days are harder than others to lean into that. 
But again, it's like, you know, the, the analogy when you're on a plane, you got to put that oxygen mask on yourself first before you can do it for someone else. That's, that's what life is, you know, is putting that oxygen mask on yourself first so you continue to serve and love others. Well, ladies, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Dating and Relationship Show. Being a parent is one of the toughest and most rewarding jobs that you can have. Sometimes you need to just take a little step back to breathe and to ask for support when things get tough. That's what I got from this show today. <laughs> if you'd like to continue the conversation with us after the show, you can find us on Florence. Where can people find you? You can go visit me on Instagram, Florence Ann Romano. I answer every DM I get, or you can go to my website, florenceann.com. I have tons of blogs that talk about this and many other things, but I'm here for you. Think of me as your virtual village. Awesome. And Joan? I also answer all my DMs on Instagram as Joan Kelly Walker Official. And myself, you can connect with me at Official Laura Bellotta on Instagram and TikTok. And please check out my website, singleinthecity.ca, if you're looking for love. I can help you. Well, thank you again for joining us this week, and we'll see you next week. Ciao for now.